You're listening to The Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome to episode number 99 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Traject Social, the world's most complete social media management tool and my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and reporting on social media. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to trajectsocial.com. Today's guest is the lovely Tasha Booth. Now, for those of you who don't know Tasha, she is the founder and CEO of the Launch Guild Agency. She also coaches virtual support professionals on how they can start and scale their own businesses. And she has her own podcast called How She Did That, which is for VAs, OBMs, and project managers. And I am a personal fangirl of Tasha. (laughs) I've been following her for a while now. And absolutely, genuinely fantastic person. And then I hired her team through the Launch Guild. They helped us clean up a lot of our processes and systems, get organized, basically just get it together in the business, both on the agency side of our business and in the Savvy Social School, which has been an absolute pleasure and delight. So in today's episode, we dive into... Tasha's social media strategy. Because recently she decided to separate her brand. So she has a personal brand under Tasha Booth. And then she also has her agency, The Launch Guild. So she recently kind of split those apart on social media. So we dive into that. And then we also talk about things like how she plans and executes launches because that's her like specialty. And her and her team are fantastic at, at it. And then we talk about also some tips for how you can show up on social media during and after a launch, whether you're launching a product or a service or a course or an ebook or whatever the case may be. So we'll get into that interview in a minute. Uh, But first, I'm excited because episode number 100 is coming up next. And we've got some special things planned for that episode. The biggest thing is that we are now going to be a video podcast as well as an audio podcast. So yes, you'll be able to find the Savvy Social Podcast on YouTube as well. It'll be a video version and it'll be continuing to post in your podcast player app. So If you want to watch the video of our interviews, or if you want to watch any of the um, solo episodes that I do, head on over to my YouTube channel. It's youtube.com slash online Drea. You can search for the word online Drea. You can also search for Savvy Social Podcasts, and our episodes will be showing up there as well, which is a lot of fun. So as I record these interviews, I'm on Zoom, zoom.us, and I've been recording videos um, for many of our guests for a while, and uh, we haven't been doing anything with them. So I'm excited to share this content with you going forward. So definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. The videos will be coming out there. We'll continue to post audios here in your favorite podcast app as well. All right, enough talking. Let's get into this interview with Tasha Booth. 
Hey, Tasha. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you because not only am I a fan of everything that you do, I'm also a client. (laughs) Yes. So maybe a little bit biased, but I'm really excited to dive into kind of like the magic that you help business owners um, bring to their businesses. But I want to start kind of with a baseline of describing what is an online business manager? If someone's listening to this and they're like, what the heck is that? Can you describe it for us? Yes. So online business managers, if you think about it in terms of an office, like a brick and mortar office, it would be the person who manages both the high level operations of that office, as well as the other people that are working in that office. So I like to think of it in that that term because people people understand and they get like a, a regular office, but it's the same thing. So we do a lot of like metrics, a lot of team management on any of those higher level pieces that online business owners, especially coaches and course creators need to run their business. Yes, absolutely. And I can say firsthand, change the way that I do this. <laughs> um, because one of the lines and how you describe yourself is that you help people tune into their own brilliance. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you share a little bit about the value of having support like that and how um, it helps people really just focus in on what they need to focus in on. Yeah. So a lot of times what we find is that when clients first come to us, they are overwhelmed trying to learn all of the things that that aren't in their zone of genius. So our goal is to take all of that off of their plate and let them just do what they are in the world to do, what they started their business doing, which a lot of times isn't setting up land pa- landing pages and tracking KPIs, right? Like that's that's not the fun part of why people start their businesses <laughs> very often. And so we want to help them with that. And what ends up happening is they're able to really focus on creating new content, creating new things in their business, and really serving their audience, which makes them more money, which makes having an online business manager really a no-brainer. Yes. Okay, yeah. good. And I'm glad we set that foundation because you kind of have two aspects to your business. You've got the agency where you actually do the work for people, but then you also have this like teaching side where you coach other online business managers how to do the things. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the two sides of the business and why you recently decided to really separate them? Yeah, so both of both sides of my business have grown a lot and what what I was started finding was that as I was gaining more success as a virtual assistant and on, as an online business manager, of course people started asking me like how do you do that? Do you do coaching? And I wanted to say yes because I love working with and supporting other especially female business owners. So what I for a while I had both of them together um and I would just have like kind of a little tab in terms of like programs and coaching and everything on on our main website, which is the launchguild.com. And I found that it was confusing to people. And a lot of people who were potentially ideal clients for coaching were coming to it and being like, oh, I didn't see that tab or whatever. So I really needed to create a larger presence as the coaching side and the course side of my business became a larger revenue drive within my business. And I was really resistant to that for the longest time. Like, I think I had about a year and a half of like going to mastermind events and then telling me like, Tasha, you have to separate these two. Like it's confusing. And I was like, that feels overwhelming and absolutely awful to me. Like, no. So finally, because I now have a team that can support me and can support our efforts, 
I, I first separated out the websites and kept the social together. And then January 1st of this year, I finally separated the social for, for both of them. Oh, okay. So I want to dive into the yes. social separation side. So when you separated the social, like what was that process like for you? That was scary because I was like, I don't know that I have enough to talk about for doing two social media accounts. Like I just don't. Um, but what I found was that it really created two clear paths. And so basically what my social media manager, uh, Rachel, she's fantastic and helps me in everything internally for, for our social media. What she and I did was about two months ahead of time, we started looking at what content we wanted to create and also what programs and what services we, you know, we were going to start with the Launch Guild, what programs and services we were going to start on the Tasha Booth side so that we had a really long runway of figuring out what content we wanted for both social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I love the planning of it. So when it comes to the planning of the two different accounts, um, what's, like, what's your process? Do you use like a Google spreadsheet or like how do you plan out your posts? Yeah, so we actually just use a Google Doc for it. And um, I kind of hate spreadsheets, which is hilarious because I'm an OBM and like OBMs usually love spreadsheets, right? I don't love them. Like I, I am a creative too. So they, they feel constricting to me. So Rachel puts it out into a Google doc and the, the month before we start creating content for the next month, we're always, she's always asking me, okay, what things are coming up? Like what's our focus basically for this quarter? And then also what's our focus for this month? And we make sure that we're strategically creating content that leads people to whatever those focuses are. I love how far ahead you plan because I think that that's really the key to success when it comes to any campaign, but also with the social media campaign, if you want to make sure that you're kind of touching in on key events, key dates, key launch elements, you kind of have to plan ahead a little bit. Yeah. So once you've put them in the Google Doc, then what do you do? Do you copy and paste and post? Do you use a scheduling tool? Yeah. So we use Planoly for um, Instagram and then um, we use the native scheduler. What is it like create create studio or something yeah. like that? Yeah. We use that in Facebook now. We just started uh, implementing a LinkedIn strategy. So we're just going to use the native scheduler for that as well for LinkedIn. But we like to keep it like super simple um, because I don't like complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes complicated. Yeah, yeah. Although some of us, me included, just have a natural affinity for complicating everything. So. For making it harder, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay, so with the two different accounts, um, as you're going into the growth elements for the two different accounts, um, what's your process behind that? And I'm asking... Um, well, maybe we should talk about the agency side first and then mm-hmm. the OBM side because I know that there's likely a, a different strategy for each of those for who you're trying to attract, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. So on the agency side, we've been... So we basically what we did, um, let me backtrack a little bit, is in terms of the accounts, the main account was uh, was doing really well already. And I had I had another account from like when I, when I was Tasha B Solutions um, that I wasn't using. So I basically turned that into the Launch Guilds account and and kept my main account as the Tasha Booth, the, the coaching piece. Because we found that a lot of our clients like don't really 
care about our social as much for the agency as, you know, the people that were coming to us for coaching and everything. So we wanted to really keep that, the, the emphasis on that account that we had already built up. Um, what we found in looking at our analytics monthly so far for the Launch Guild is that those clients really love how-to content more than our coaching clients love those that how-to content. Our coaching clients are more around the inspiration and the, you know, you can do this kind of thing, the cheerleading content, rather than um, the how-to content for the most part, which is really interesting to see kind of the difference in, in how our different clients approach content. Yeah. And I'll come back to that in a sec because I love yeah. reporting. But when you're talking about um, attracting the different audiences and, and what they're kind of looking for, I find the same with my business where for the agency clients, they kind of just want to know that there's something there. Yes. But typically they're actually too busy to be playing around on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep. uh, they just want to know that this is legit. Everything's good. Um, but for, I love that for the coaching side, you've kind of fa- found what works really well. So can you tell me what metrics you're looking at in order to see if a post is doing well or not? Yeah. So definitely engagement is one of the biggest metrics that I look at um, in terms of like, are people not just liking the post, but are they commenting on it? Are they sharing it to their Instagram story? Those sorts of things. I want them to do something with the post and not just be like, oh, that was nice. you know. Um, so are they going into the DMs and then DMing me and, and, and commenting? Are we able to start a conversation based off of that post or that Instagram story or something like that? Definitely, that's the number one driver. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned DMs. Are you still the one who does your own DMs? Or do I you- do. I yeah, because I love conversations with people. I don't know that I could ever give that up. Yeah, I'm the same way, and I have some clients who are like that too. But I think that it's if it's part of your sales process, then it is important to still have that personal aspect. But just like you have done with getting um, Rachel, I think you said to help mm-hmm. you with the posts. There's things that you can do to help with that strategy so that you don't have to do everything, right? But yeah. you're still able to like actually make more space to be in the DMs and responding to people and, and being that um, personality that's connecting with people on a deeper level. I love that. So let's talk about launching. I know while we're recording this, I've been like stocking your launch as <laughs> you're going, getting motivated for my own. But can you talk a little bit about some of the things that you do leading up to a launch um, that kind of gets people ready for what's to come? Um, and I'd specifically like to hear about social media, but I also know that you do some webinars and things like that or live videos or something like yeah. that. Um, so talk to us about that. Yeah. So in terms of launching and specifically with the social media, I like to backtrack and ask the question, what are the things that people need to know or learn before they're ready to say yes to my offer? And I backtrack from the the date of the launch and then backtrack from there and say, okay, let's start. So I started about a month ago doing weekly um, on Wednesdays, I would do like one topic around becoming a virtual assistant and some myths about like being a virtual assistant, how you can do that and still maintain your nine to five. I want to think ahead um, about all the objections that I get from people in terms of 
you know, becoming a virtual assistant. So that by the time like my course opens, they're like, oh, I know how to, you know, maintain my nine to five and start balancing client work. I know that, you know, these myths uh, aren't true about being a virtual assistant. And I'm kind of able to get ahead of the game on that. So I really look at content that way. We plan all of the social media ahead of time so that I am not having to think on the spot about what to talk about during my launch because my goal in both my launches and the launches that we do for our clients is that I can show up in all of my glory and be 100% present for my audience for the week of launch and not, you know, be writing captions, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or trying to think of what to, to talk about and to say it's already been planned. Yes, I love all of that. And I think it's so important to start planning ahead because I don't know about you, but something always goes weird with a launch. Like something is always going to take more time than you think it's going to take, or you're going to have more people asking questions. And so you need to have space for that. That's not the time to try to figure out what your Instagram post should say. Exactly. Do you have like a recommended time, like maybe like a minimum amount of time people should think about when they're starting to plan their launch? Yeah, I like at least 12 weeks, preferably 16. Um, Because if you give yourself way like a lot of time, then you're like you said, things are going to come up, things are going to go wrong. It doesn't have to be overwhelming if you don't let it be. But what I found is that people often wait until the last minute. And that's when everybody everything feels like the biggest deal, you know, because you have no time to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. That is so true. I've experienced that personally. Yes. And I have too. Like this is definitely, you know, I'm on, I don't even know what number launch this is, but like what I'm doing now was not my first launch experience. My first launch experience was like almost everybody else's where, you know, the next day's email was being written the night before and all that stuff. So this is just from experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So when it comes to like during the launch, um, are there any things that have helped outside of kind of planning the social media posts? Are there any things that, uh, that have helped you during launch that you can maybe just speak to specifically to social media? Yeah, I think being present in Instagram stories, like people want to see your face and they want to celebrate when other people are also joining. I don't do this as much for Built to Profit, which is my, my course for new VAs, but I do this for Booked in Balance, which is my six month, my group coaching program. I do little like celebration, you know, posts for every single new person that comes in. It's easier to do because the cap for that is, is 15 people. So it's not a ton of people as they're coming in. But if you can do something like that, where you're just celebrating the, you know, the people that are coming in and keep that energy and the momentum rolling, especially in the middle of the launch, when a lot of times it feels like crickets and like nothing's happening. So you want to still keep that momentum rolling and let people know that like you're still excited about it. So they should still be excited about it. Yeah. I love the Instagram story advice too, because um, oftentimes it's an easy place to put um, content. Mm -hmm. And I know that it can feel a little repetitive sometimes, but the great thing is like, it disappears in 24 hours. So that's great. Um, For those people who may be struggling with showing up on Instagram stories, what's something that's helped you? I know that you seem like you're an extroverted, so that may help. But tell us a little bit about how you show up there. Yeah. So I'm definitely an extrovert. I'm an ENFP. So Instagram stories work really, really well for my personality type. But I often, I also think that it doesn't have to necessarily like 
be your face or be a video if you don't feel comfortable with that off the bat. Like you can create some graphics that have a picture of you in the background and stuff just to have people connect with who you are, but show up the way that feels best for you, but definitely show up somehow in Instagram stories. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love that advice. And I'm an introvert, but I like Instagram stories because it's like the one time that I'm like, okay, be on. And then the rest of the day, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> do so like well with them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so when it comes to kind of like after the launch, so the launch is over, um, things are kind of cooling down. Is there anything that you do for, on social media to kind of maybe prepare for the le- next launch or even reflect on the launch that you just did? Yeah. So I definitely always like to thank my audience basically for kind of sticking with me because I know that it's a lot of social, it's a lot of emails, it's a lot of stuff during a launch, right? So I usually try to either like create a new opt-in for them afterwards or like there's been a couple times that there there happens to be a summit that I'm part of like right afterwards. So I can be like, I've got this bonus for you. You know, it's a summit kind of thing uh, or something like that. Also, don't disappear. Because I see so many people who do that, like their launch closes. And then I get that like we're, we're exhausted after a launch, right? But you don't want your audience to feel like that uncle who only comes around when he needs 20 bucks, right? So, so we don't want to disappear on our audience. I we all have that uncle. That. We all have that relative. <laughs> that is too true. Um, that, yes. And I do think I, I've seen that happen to other people. And I wonder sometimes like, oh, did it not go well? Or, mm-hmm. you know, some of those things. So you're right. Definitely keep showing up and having support will help with that. So can you talk a little bit about um, as we're going into thinking about launching and as we're going into preparing for something like that, what are some of the key roles that we should consider kind of onboarding into our business to help streamline all of the things? Yeah. So definitely at least a virtual assistant to help you and support you in doing the implementation pieces. Um, You can do all the strategy in the world, but there's always going to be you know, 111 emails that need to be scheduled and all of those pieces. So you really want to have somebody that can help you with the implementation piece. And then the other pieces, key pieces are like a graphic designer to help support you in creating all the landing pages. Definitely something like a social media manager, even if it's short term, just somebody who understands the selling language and the strategy behind it who can help you with that piece too. If you can't, like I totally understand that that, you know, is a lot of people for, you know, if you're just starting out in your business, but if you can, those are kind of the key roles that I would say to have somebody for. Yeah. And I'm going to like really highlight and underline social media manager just for my own selfish reasons. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about your podcast because I love that it's a podcast that leads into teaching the VAs, the OBMs, how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about the podcast and then how you use social media to promote the different episodes? Yeah. So my podcast came out of the fact that a lot of people are asking me, like, how did you do that? Right. So that's why it's called How She Did That. And it's a great opportunity to kind of introduce people to me. So many of the people that join my programs have come out of learn or hearing me first for the first time from the podcast. And so it's been a really great kind of gateway 
into who I am, what I believe, you know, how I, how I think about things, all that stuff, what I believe strategically and how I approach strategy and everything. And what I do with the podcast is basically, uh, our podcast is every Thursday and the, and Rachel, my social media manager basically goes in, um, and we keep it, once again, we keep it really simple. We, we take a screenshot of the episode and we put it on Instagram. We, um, have, you know, square image for Instagram, um, and you know, Facebook and all that stuff. And also for my, um, my Facebook community, my group, uh, same thing. So we keep it really simple, but then in the middle of the next week, we'll ask them a question. Like, have you listened to the podcast? Like what, you know, what were some of your key takeaways? What did you enjoy most about it? So that we keep that conversation kind of rolling. Oh, I love the follow-up question because I sometimes think that as creators, we put so much energy into creating the thing that we forget sometimes we need to keep talking about it because not everybody downloads it the first time they see something. Um, I know that I tend to actually be like a binge listener of podcasts. So for me, it's like, I may see your podcast for weeks before I actually go back and listen to like everything I missed. So exactly, I love that you kind of circle that question background is that an instagram story or is it actually like a feed post no we just put that in the group and you know what i actually should add it to instagram story so thank you for that suggestion but yeah that's what i found i was like we never talk about like the episode after that thursday and what we're losing all the people who you know just found me on friday and didn't see the thursday post so let's circle back and actually get as much juice out of it as we can yeah I love that. And, I, and I'm glad I, I helped you out with the Instagram story thing. But there we go. Um, I, I think it's good to just, if you think about, you know, for those of you listening and you're like, how do I get more life from my podcast? If you can think about building the community around it, it, it sounds like you have that with your Facebook group where you can continue the dialogue that started on the podcast in that Facebook group. I think that's so powerful. Um, is the Facebook group like an open group or is it only for your paid members or how does that work? No, it's an open group and it's called the How She Did That community. And it came out of the podcast because so many people were like, do you have a group? And I was like, no, I don't have a group, but now I'm going to have a group. So yeah, it's about a year old and we've got almost 2000 members in there now. I know, which is pretty, pretty darn amazing. Um, and it's, like you said, it's, it's a great way to continue that conversation, to continue supporting people in that beginner piece of their journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love all of that. Okay, so for those people who are listening, they're like, yes, I need more Tasha in my life. Uh, <laughs> how, do, how do they get that? What's the next step for them? Yes, so you can find me at thelaunchguild.com and also at tashabooth.com, both of those. And all of my social media handles are on there as well. But I'd love to have, continue the, these conversations with people. Yes. And I will personally say, go follow Tasha on Instagram. Check out her Instagram stories. You guys, if you need some inspiration for how to do Instagram stories right, definitely follow Tasha because she shows up. She's very personable and she always, always is linking to us an offer or a next step or just another way to work with her. So it's a really good um, way to be inspired. So I'll put those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Tasha, for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.